you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. It's the footballiest time of the year. With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer. It's the pig, pig skinniest time of the Hi and hello and happy holidays, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. Yes, like I say, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. Don't know when you're catching us right now, but I assume you are enjoying a little break from the workaday world, or if you're working, then even better. You have something to fill your time here. That's because we're giving you an extra podcast this week. We had planned to only do one over the Christmas week, but as it's turned out, I got flapping my gums in the first one and went a little bit long. So here we are now with a second podcast for you this week. If you want to hear the Red Challenge Flag pick segment when we look ahead to the biggest games of Week 17, go back and listen to that podcast. It's up there for you. Like I say, NFL.com slash Shaq, Stitcher, and iTunes, and this is really good stuff because that was really all one big hors d'oeuvre, that first podcast of the week when we made our picks with our friends Elliot Harrison and Drew Statton. But now Black Tie and I are going to welcome into Studio 66 one of our main men here, really one of our very favorites here at NFL Media since he's gotten here, and really before that. We were running into him for a couple of years before he signed on, before he stopped playing pro football pass catcher and started talking about pro football. He's been nothing but insightful on NFL Network and here in Studio 66. Maximum strength! Let's uh, let's hear it. Oh, and by the way, you can watch this interview as well on DDFP-TV. Track that down at NFL.com and or by going to uh, to follow me on Twitter, at Damashek. Before we get to Nate, 
Real quick, the NFL season is almost over, but it isn't over yet. Your season-long fantasy football league may not have cut it. Get your mojo back. Go to FanDuel.com and pick a whole new team. Every week, Joe Watson from New York played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks last season and won over 30000 bucks. Simoleons. Cashish. Moolah. Moolah. Quid. Clams. It's a fun game. See who can do who can do more. We'll play that some other time, though. FanDuel.com, where the money is real. Entry fees, just $1. Go to FanDuel.com. Click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my code, DDFP, and sign up now. New user special is ending soon. FanDuel will match your first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks. That's up to $200 free. The offer's good for the first 50 people to use the DDFP code, so make sure you do that. FanDuel.com, where every week is a new season. That's FanDuel.com. Sign up today. And now, let's get to it. Nate Burleson. Dave Damashek. All right. Always a good time when he joins us here in Studio 66. Here he is, everybody. I've called him, at minimum, the Rookie of the Year at NFL Media, perhaps even the MVP of 2014. Here he is, Nate Burleson. Happy holidays, fella. Oh, What's happy the Happy holidays to you, too, man. Appreciate yes. you having me. You didn't have no eggnog or anything? I mean, you know what? I was remiss in not laying out some holiday treats for you. Yeah, that time. would be good. Do you Have you ever – I was thinking about this the other day. People used to always make jokes about fruitcake. Have you ever had fruitcake? Yeah, and uh, I – I liked it as a kid, but as I got older, it doesn't really taste too good. It's kind of dense, mm-hmm. right? Is, are we thinking about the same thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan it's of like it. It's like a brick kind of. That's one that only makes its way out. Like, uh, what's the flower that comes out at uh, Christmas time that people all exchange? The red ones? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know the name. Those are unattractive. People don't give those during the year. The other side, though is stuffing. For some reason, you only get stuffing at Thanksgiving, and maybe, if you're lucky, at Christmas time. Why isn't stuffing, as delicious as it is, available year-round? When's the last time they had stuffing on the menu? That's what I'm saying. At any restaurant. Shouldn't it be? Shouldn't I be able to go somewhere in late June, if it's my pleasure, and say, no, I won't have the fries or the onion rings or the mac and cheese. I'll go with the stuffing, thank you. And I, I would look at you and say it's 90 degrees and we're in Arizona. Why are you ordering stuffing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that. Maybe then it would be a little bit heavy for uh, if, it, if it were that uh, we were out in that dry heat of the desert. And speaking of the desert, let's now jump, Nate, to one of your former teams, the Seattle Seahawks. Everybody's buzzing about them. As we jump into this edition of Social Study mm. on – this is when we take the questions where we look out – in uh, we ask the Czech Republic, we look on social media and see what is being buzzed about in the world of football and beyond. And Marshawn Lynch, as usual this season, has been a hot topic, not just for the great deeds he's doing on the field, but also the odd stuff on the sidelines, the the postgame interviews and all that stuff. Let's start with hmm, I could go a number of different directions right, here, right. but let's start with the on the field deeds there. And you and I talked about it some. I I speculated that maybe his rift with not having a contract would affect his play in 2014. But, of course, when he's out there, he's rolling like he always has, maybe is you know better than he ever has there. How do you explain? Because this is a question I've asked a lot of people. In 2014, Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch, and that's it on that offense. Pretty much. And it's enough to, to beat everybody. You know, it's funny because a few months ago, 
he was as good as gone. Everybody was saying, well, Marshawn Lynch is on his way out. Um, he, he has a strained relationship with his coach and some teammates. There were speculations as if he, he didn't want to be there. Uh, now it seems we're in late December. The Seahawks are playing better than they played all year. And all of a sudden, Marshawn Lynch has the cards in his hand because he has proved to be – Literally on Sunday night. Literally the most explosive guy on the team, um, the most polarizing, the most entertaining – regardless of how many words he uses when he talks to the media, uh, you know, he gets in the game and it just changes things. And how often does that happen in football? It doesn't really, you know, especially at that position. I guess the last guy I could really think about that really changes things was Adrian Peterson. When he would get in the game, it's almost like, okay, something's about to happen. Hmm. It's not like Marshawn Lynch is just nickel and diamond. He, I mean, even that short touchdown he had when he just bulldozed through defenders and, and stuck his arm out there and, and got across the goal line, like that was enough for me. But that was the appetizer. And then all of a sudden, you get the entree with the best run of the year. You know, easily one of the best runs in Seahawks history. So it's it's amazing to me that, you know, there's still speculation about him not being a Seahawk next year because he's clearly the best player on your team as far as what he provides. Because without Marshawn Lynch, they don't win the Super Bowl last year. Without Marshawn Lynch, I don't think they're in a position they are in right now. Do you think that anybody, if uh, assuming they get that number one seed, can anybody, the Packers, the Cowboys, can anybody go up there the way they're rolling right now and beat them? I like the Cowboys. Uh, they, they proved that they could beat them. And the Cowboys right now are playing, you know, really confident, like quietly confident, you know, almost like almost like the, the pretty girl who, who's understated, but everybody knows how pretty she is. Like they know, the Cowboys know how well they're playing. Even Romo in his press conference said, you know, I'm playing, and then he stopped himself because he didn't want to say, I'm playing the best I ever played. Hmm. He reworded it and said it differently, but we get it. The Seahawks, they're like that fine girl. that know, She knows she's fine. And she, she comes <laughs> with the outfit that's like boom, boom, pow. And when she walks, she has that swagger. And that's them. Like, they're, they're borderline cocky, but that's what makes them really good. When Seahawks are borderline cocky, they're lightweight unstoppable. It's almost like you don't want that defense to get cocky. You don't want Russell to feel like he's unstoppable. You don't want Marshawn Lynch to start playing like a video game. And that's the difference between the two. Equally as talented. So I think if there is a team, it's those two pretty women in the face-off. That's it's interesting stuff that you say, because I was considering, Michael Bennett says on Sunday night after the game, this is the best defense of all time. Right. I think that's a little bit of a reach, but it is interesting that a defense can be this shut down in this era with all the rules favoring uh, the offense. What is it like, though, if you're the opponent going in to play that? It, 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 does that matter to you, that, that swagger? Does that get in your head? Because it seems to me, even if you're a professional athlete, you guys all have different level of egos that get you to that level but do you get scared to play the Seahawks no I wouldn't say scared for young guys you know I think there's a little bit of fear that sets in for me I've always been one of those individuals that I like to rise to the occasion and if I feel like more people are watching then this is a chance for me to make a name for myself a lot of guys don't see it that way a lot of their wins last year was talent yes coaching yes but there was some intimidation involved mm -hmm. and in the month of December they're getting back to intimidating teams now I came in in 03 so over my 11 year career we faced some pretty good defenses uh, in particular two that stand out uh, Chicago when Erlacher was the anchor mm -hmm. and then the Ravens when Ray Lewis was the anchor and when I faced them teams I was never scared I never had fear 
But I knew I was going to hurt more the next morning. <laughs> I knew that I'd probably get into a scuffle. I knew I would have to defend not only my playmaking ability as a professional football player, but I would have to defend my manhood. Like at some point, a guy's going to bump into me and act like he didn't see me. At some point, a guy's going to, you know, push me down even further in the dirt when, when I'm, you know, running with the ball. And I would have to get up and say something, push them back, and show them, hey, I'm here to play ball. This is what I get paid to do too. Uh, you know, and sometimes you'll see teams play Seattle and they don't respond. You know, they, it's almost like – have you seen the clip with uh, Tyler Hansborough and uh, Meta World Peace was behind him and he gets fouled and oh, Ty- yes. Tyler Hansborough turns around he realizes Meta World Peace. He's like, <laughs> oh, my bad. And it's almost like that with Seattle. Like Seattle bullies guys and they just hit you and hit you and beat you up. By the fourth quarter, you're like, okay, I'm watching it as a spectator, and they just they enforce their will. I mean, think about that run that Marshawn had. That was the fourth quarter. He was running like it was the first quarter. He was way fresher, way stronger. His knees were way higher, mm-hmm. uh, and that's their whole team as a whole. Their defense just flies around. Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, these guys are flying around in the first, fourth quarter that like the game just started. So, uh, yeah, they're definitely going out there and bullying teams. They're not just beating you. Like, they're beating you up. I hear you, and Patrick Peterson in particular. If you go back and look at that 78-yard run or however long it was on Sunday night, talk about not wanting anything to do with it. Maybe it was the bad belly. Maybe Marshawn Lynch, in fact, had a bad belly, and Patrick Peterson didn't want to catch whatever Lynch had. Although I think he maybe was just afraid to, to, to put yeah. his head down. You know, and there's a, there's a common phrase right now that's in hip-hop. It's turned down for what? You turn <laughs> down tackles when you see Marshawn Lynch coming. That's that's the for what. <laughs> you know, I'm watching the game, and I, I like to think of, think of things dramatically. You know, you know, now that I'm outside of the game and I'm watching as a spectator, you know, he gets that first touchdown, right? And then he goes to the sideline, and then they zoom in on his face. And, you know, he has like this stoic look at first, and then he just turns into a scowl, and he's just looking. Over there at Arizona Cardinals, I mean, yeah, yeah, he's looking at the Arizona Cardinals, and he's, it's almost like he's saying, like I'm still hungry, like hmm. you guys made me mad, and I'm gonna eat more. And he went on and had a tremendous run after that. You know what's what's so polarizing about him and entertaining and engaging is that he doesn't say much, but he speaks the loudest on the team. I agree, and you're around it. So that's uh, so uh, what people are buzzing about on social media, which is what we're doing with social study here, is let's talk about the off-the-field stuff. Or, you know, I said on social media in the first quarter, Marshawn Lynch, wait, he's not playing in this humongous game. Open and drive. The, because he has a bad belly? Yeah. I don't buy it, and I feel like the organization was trying to shame him. Not only are we putting you on the bench for the first quarter, we're going to say something that is that you wouldn't want said on national TV. Yeah, he's got the uh, – he's got the – he's been on the toilet a little you bit. Might as well belly- said, <laughs> you might as well have said uh, – well, Marshawn Lynch isn't playing because he has a tummy ache. Yeah, that's right. right. That's, that's what it sounded what like, it right? That's basically what it seemed like and, they were doing. And for, for us as fans now, we're watching Marshawn, we're saying, no, no, no. This guy, he looks like he would play with a broken limb. Like he looks exactly like he would right. play, you know, with blood streaming down his eye. You know, he, he's that type of individual. So he's sidelined by a stomachache. Now, I thought But he same. had scallops on Saturday night, yeah. and they didn't agree with his yeah, tummy. Maybe he's lactose intolerant. Somebody <laughs> snuck him a milkshake, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, I, I, I thought the same thing, you know, but it, it was just good to see him back in the game. You know, I, I, I don't care less about the dramatics. You know, I, I honestly feel like football is one of the most dramatic sports out there, the biggest soap opera out, out of all the major sports. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, Marshawn got in the game. And, and to keep it real, sometimes I'll watch him on the sideline 
And he's just like, okay, you guys think you can do this without me? But when I get in the game, I'm going to show you why you can't do it without me. And he and, does and that. And I feel like that is legitimately. That's something you and I talked about weeks or even months ago. That the, the organization wants Marshawn Lynch to play by their rules. He doesn't, and yet they know – ultimately their chance to win is to have him in the game. I don't know. You know, I, I can't pull back the curtain of the other 31 teams, but they did a pretty good job last year, as you know, of we didn't know about Percy Harvin and Golden Tate or any right. conflict in the locker room until, you know, eight months or a year later. I feel like we're going to find out, I don't know when, at some point, oh, yeah, there was some real strife going on there, and we just tamped it down. No one talked about it. We kept it in the locker room for the time being while we were on this roll, and if they win a Super Bowl, they'll be patted on the back by the world over for yeah, doing it. Yeah, and people will nitpick it. They'll say, oh, well, well, maybe you should expose some of that stuff. But for what? I played mm-hmm. 11 years – and an organization is just like a family. We keep everything in-house. You know, you think about the parallel between football and your family at home. You guys are dealing with stuff in the, inside those doors that your coworkers don't know about, the people that are looking at your house don't know about. You keep it inside until you fix it and you achieve your goal. So I, I'm not mad at it. You know, it, it's almost it's – a, it's a kudos to the organization for dealing with so many different personalities and still being able to go out there and dominate at the level they did and winning a Super Bowl and, and bringing a championship to the city I'm from. And kudos, too, for tweaking Marshawn just a little bit. Uh, they, uh, just a little bit. They could have come up with any ailment, but they right. went with bad belly. That's bad a good belly. one. That's a yeah. good little dig at Marshawn. I a love it. <laughs> that one amuses me. All right. And by the way, just one more thing about the, the questions that he doesn't answer in the postgame and he's required to do it, and I know what he's up to with that. But I instead of the thank you very much, do something a little more creative. Like maybe have Siri answer the questions. Wouldn't that be fun? Couldn't that he just hold creative. his cell phone up? That would be creative. I actually like that. You know, I think he's doing something week to week. Like this was different. You know, it might not have been that creative, but I think he's going to keep giving us these little nuggets, man. They're entertaining. Now all of a sudden <laughs> I want to listen, even though I know I'm not going to hear much. You will tune in. All right, next question in the, the social study here comes to us from Jay Madsen. 3112 Jesper Madsen says Romo has now passed Aikman for most passing yards for the Cowboy. Is he closer to Aikman and Staubach as the best Dallas QB in history? We could go down that route. I think I'm much probably have been more because I wasn't busy playing. I was watching other people play on TV. To me, he's still three. A Staubach is number one, Aikman yeah. two, and we'll see what Romo does in this postseason to jump up there. But what do you think about Romo among today's QBs and his MVP candidacy? You have to consider him for MVP. I don't think anybody would have expected the Dallas Cowboys to have the season they have had, you know, a credit to the team in general. I got to give Scott Linehan a shout-out. You know, whatever people may think his role is mm. on this team, he's having an effect um, as far as accuracy, decision-making. What, Romo was 18 for 20, mm-hmm. uh, four touchdowns. You talk about being on fire. Um, you know, I'm, I'm patting myself on the back, too. I, I was doing total access uh, at the end of uh, November, and I said Romo's going to have the best December of his career. Mm. Now, you know, putting Romo in the – conversation of Cowboy greats. It's different. He's going to have to go on one hell of a run and, and riddle off just some amazing years and championships to, to kind of elevate himself on that list. In today's quarterbacks, in today's game, he's playing the most consistent football I've seen him play. Now they're protecting him more. I just feel like he's learned from his mistakes. Sometimes there's self-evaluation that needs to be made. Sometimes there's just like there's in-game adjustments, there's in-career adjustments, right? So Romo... Hmm. 
for so long was he was kind of a gunslinger, and he wanted to do it his way. And sometimes he made amazing plays, and sometimes he made bad decisions, which ultimately got him criticized by his peers and fans, people in the media. He's made an in-career adjustment this year where he, he's making really good decisions. I mean, he's seeing the field. He's really calm in the pocket, confident. He's composed. He's looking down the field. He'll check it down. He's not going to take that risk. He might turn down a big play just to make sure they get the first down. Turn down so, for what, Turn down say. for what? I yeah, say that all. Yeah, turn down for wins, and they're getting <laughs> wins right now. So I, I think he's made a, a tremendous in-career adjustment, and you don't see that often. Mm -hmm. Just think about some of the QBs that are in hot water this year, and you're saying the same thing over and over again. Why hasn't he learned? Well, I think Romo has really learned from his past mistakes, and uh, he's playing at a high level. He's been terrific. You can make a legit case for him as the MVP. I don't think he'll get it because DeMarco Murray will take some of those votes. But let's count it out here. Rodgers won, right? We're not arguing Rodgers right. is the best. Two, Brady. Yeah. I think you still got to go Brady. I'll still and those put, two can get flipped, you know. I, I, I hear that. Yeah. What about, I think you put, I, I put Ben Roethlisberger this year. I'm talking, or in the last couple of years. Just no, this year. Put. This year. Go ahead. Roethlisberger's okay. been dynamite That's your three? Year. Those are those three go ahead of him. I think Russell Wilson maybe goes ahead of Romo. With the season they're having? I don't what, know. What, what, I mean, what, Russell Wilson's on. But who, because the difference okay, is, okay, but who, who is Russell Wilson throwing the ball to? It is that's him true. and Marshawn Lynch, and that's it for that offense. Yeah, but, but I feel like. When it comes to dropping back in the pocket, surveying the field, um, and making the throws he needs to make, he, he's made some impressive throws. I mm. mean, scanning the field, the, the touchdown to Witten this past weekend, I mean, he was looking to the right side, and he, he didn't see what he wanted, and he just, just gently looked over the middle of the field and dropped the absolute dime over the top of uh, a linebacker covering Witten for a touchdown. And to me, that, that spoke volumes, like, in that one play – I saw maturity in Romo, you know, and hmm. I, I just thought to myself, he's playing really well. And Russell's playing unbelievable. But there's times where Russell just has to be Russell. And it's almost like he's winning it with his feet. He's doing amazing things. He's doing a read option. He's shaking cats. He's, he's like, yo, Russell, we need you to be a video game today because the offense is stagnant. Romo has did a little bit of everything. It's times when he did the, the patent Romo spin when the ball's hanging low, damn near on the turf, and he flicks it up to Terrence Williams, and he told Jack Swags on the sideline. So he's had a little bit of everything for me this year, which is why, you know, I'm putting him right up there with A-Rod and Brady. Romo's right there. You know, he, hmm. he hasn't had seasons like this. So while he's having it, while we're in it, while we're watching it, I'm going to give him credit for it. All right, yeah, I, I, I can't uh, pose much of an argument. I wouldn't put Peyton ahead, ahead of him this year or, or uh, you know, a lot of those. that Drew Brees, certainly right. not this year. Um, all right, next question. The Black Sheep sends it over. It's from at O-M-G-N-B-A-N-N-F-L. I don't even know what uh, all that means, but what if the Browns – talk about guys that are game breakers, guys who when they get on the field, you're, you you sit down and you look at it, yeah. regardless of how compelling the game is otherwise. What if the Browns had taken Kelvin Benjamin and Odell Beckham in the first round? It's a fascinating question because they really could have gone that way. Let's talk about uh, – Odell Beckham clearly well, in this all-time year of receivers uh, of wide receivers that rookie wide receivers where do you where do you put ODB listen he, he's played 11 games right mm -hmm. he has over 1100 yards and 11 TDs I was looking at his stats today and I said to myself holy smokes what if this dude played all year now it's it's hard for me to get wild because I I didn't just watch Randy Moss I was next to Randy Moss. I put up 1,000 yards 
with Randy Moss on the opposite side. I didn't just watch Calvin Johnson. I played with Calvin Johnson, right? So I, I've seen literally. You I've did a seen, terrific interview with Josh Gordon, another right, uh, another guy who's supreme no slouch, right? talent. You know, so I've seen greatness embodied in the wide receiver position. Now I'm watching this guy, Odell Beckham Jr., and he's he's making the amazing plays. Like we could talk about that all day, right? But I, I, one game in particular, he was getting overthrown by Eli. And the only reason the plays stood out, because it's not to call out Eli, it was how he got open. He was running routes so crisp. I mean, he one play he was press coverage, and he gave the guy an in-out-in, which is basically I'm going to start in, I'm going to press you out, and then I'm going to go back in. That's a move I like to make. Yeah. I like to do that. There you go, in-out-in. So, and, yeah. and I thought to myself, one, that's next-level release moves. Most rookies, they panic. Press coverage, I need to get out of here. And they get jammed, and they don't get the ball. So right there, I was like, okay, he's, he's a little bit different. Then in the same route, he basically went up about seven yards, stuttered, and then planted as if he was about to run a dig across the field. DB stopped his feet, shot to beat him, and he took off wide open, and the ball was overthrown by Eli. So in one play that he didn't get the ball on, I was able to see short-range quickness, route running, and then explosiveness out of a dead stop. I've seen him catch the ball with two hands, mm. one two hand, fingers, yeah. three fingers. <laughs> so catching is not even an issue. It was more about me seeing him run routes, and I'm saying to myself, if this guy's doing this, his rookie year, and he seems hungry. I in, mean, in, in what was a bum offense yeah, until he really right. started getting the reps out there. And, and he seems hungry, humble. He, he appreciates the fact that he does have a stage and a platform, but he wants more out of it. So he's soaking it up. He's going to be a sponge. He's going to listen to the greats. You know, he's going to be able to improve. So if you're going to improve off of what you're doing right now, the sky's the limit. For me, I think he's the best rookie wide receiver. Hands down. And there's some good ones. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just think he's the best one right now. He has the most potential. I mean, he has, he has getaway speed. I've seen him catch a slant and just take off. Just right through the middle, just like a hot knife through butter and just hmm. took it down the seam. And then I, I've seen him run right past the guy on the sideline. You know, I've seen him run routes where you got to lower your shoulders, break down, footwork, footwork, and stay on your feet. I, I've seen him shake veteran DBs. You know, I, I mean, the, the only thing he could probably improve on is just get dumb strong and just start yeah. beating up guys, you know, like off the line of scrimmage or blocking guys and putting them in the dirt. But as far as every other aspect, um, he, he's, he's one of the most um, – versatile receivers that we got in this league right now. And I'm not and I I didn't say he's one of the most versatile young receivers. I'm telling you, he's one of the most versatile receivers we have in the league. Period. Yeah, Forget the age. I mean, 2015 all of a sudden you can be awfully optimistic if you're a Giants fan, you assume Victor Cruz comes right. back in. Yeah. Right. Now they can't get rid of Tom Coughlin almost. Right. You don't want to disrupt uh, what, the what they have going there. Yeah. All because of that one rookie there. Odell's it does number one. He's it does one. beg the question. I've said it before. What was going on at LSU? Les Miles had a decent team, but he had Jarvis Landry right. out there. Right. Jeremy Hill, Zach right. Mettenberger, who was a starting right. quarterback in 2014. Odell in the NFL. What happened? What, what, what if that team didn't beat everybody it by should, 70 points? should have beat everybody. Yeah. Period. They were like a young Pro Bowl team in college. Yeah. It's, ama- it's, a, it's sort of like if they would have played Clemson, who had Sammy Watkins, Taj Boyd, Martavis Bryan, who's putting up touchdowns in Pittsburgh. Right. 
Um, I'm trying to think. They had Talk a good running some... back. I can't think of who else. Had. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Some, some dominance that should have uh, should have uh, turned into more victories out there. So last thing is, I forgot about the Calvin Johnson, I forgot, the Randy Moss uh, rookie season that you were there for. You've seen Calvin Johnson up close. ODB, rank him. A little unfair to ODB since we've only seen 11 games. How do those three rank out in your book? You're talking about ODB, Calvin Johnson, You're having and a Randy draft Moss? right now, and they're, and they're all – 21 years old. Who are you drafting in order? Oh, my goodness, man. That's tough. And if you want to put another name in there, you can, but I assume those are your top three. Now, I, I'm going to answer this two ways because you're putting me in the spot. If, if I'm looking for immediate impact just right now, I need somebody to come in and just shock the league. Mm-hmm. My list is going to it's gonna go Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, and ODB. Hmm. If I'm looking for longevity, somebody to just – take this franchise and, and, and take it to where it needs to be. I'm going to go with Calvin Johnson, Randy Moss, ODB. Ah, I thought you'd get ODB I in thought there. I was going to get him in there too <laughs> on the second one, but I can't do the freak like that. I can't do him like that. You know, the only reason I put Randy top of the list on the first first list is that, you know, he came in out the gate. He just was like, I'm going to torch everybody who didn't draft me. And he did it. And he mm-hmm. looked crazy. Like it was unbelievable what he did. Similar to what ODB is doing right now, but you know, I don't know. He's it, that's that's a tough list. But I'll tell you what: if if he even stays on this upward trend of success and playmaking, um, I'll change that list very fast. Well, listen. So here's what we've learned: Tony Romo is an MVP candidate and is in the top four or five QBs. ODB top three great wide receiving talents that Nate has ever seen and stuffing deserves way more praise year-round unless you're out in the desert in summertime. So it, it depends on the degrees and the temperature of the weather. That's right. You're dressed for being out in the desert. Yeah, this this isn't this isn't stuffing as a appetizer. No. We'll see. Well, so we'll see in Glendale, Arizona. You're and, appropriately and, and, dressed for and that. And the, the shirt's actually small, so it looks like I've been working out, but really it's. Just I know it's not by accident. Come yeah, on, Nate yeah, Burleson. You don't have to show that. It's off the metro. Why do you played in the NFL? You've you've achieved all. You you don't have to improve more to anybody. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Thanks, man. Listen, so we, next time I come, we gonna have a rap battle. I'm I'm definitely in for it. If you want to duet, though, I pr- a high-profile wide receiver, Torrey Smith, and I did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you have a holiday song you'd like to try right now, let's do it. No, nah, I don't think uh, my street cred might go down if I do a duet. Anytime I, you say duet with a guy, are you listening? I think we got to wrap this up. In the lane. All right, let's, uh, let's let Nate get out of here. All right, fine. Does. Nate doesn't want himself. So he wants to be a Grinch. Be, I'm not going to do a duet with you. Why not? Why would you? It just, just doesn't sound masculine. Uh, yeah. right. Before Nate does leave though he was talking about odb by the way i'm full full on an odb hype train i don't even feel right calling it hype because hype right exactly no it's so real but he said odb soaks up a lot of stuff he has like a tweet of furry going on right now with lebron james where both of them are tweeting each other on instagram and apparently he's been texting with michael jordan lately so i mean like how good do you have to be to the point where michael jordan is like texting you like he is locked in to the superstar main line I'll tell you one of the most impressive things I heard him say after he made the most amazing catch of the season and possibly ever. They said, well, how do you feel about that being the most amazing catch ever in the NFL history? He said, well, I hope it's not. And at that point, I know what he's going to say. Maybe he's going to give a homage to best catches that he's seen or mm-hmm. the yesteryear guys. He said, well, I hope not because I hope I can make another one better than that. Who says that after a catch like that? So in his head, he's thinking – Oh yeah, that was that was great. 
Yeah, you guys thought that was amazing. But wait till I show you my act two. I'm telling you, I love that. And it is really, it is one of the, uh, aside from the superhuman athletic gifts, a big difference is the ego to, to believe in yourself. That is such a huge thing with professional athletes. You guys all, that is one thing you guys all have there is uh, over a schnook like me, I just, I'm waiting for my failure to reveal itself. Yeah. Whereas I, you guys are, you guys are, I'm see like, what I have to do with and, and, Yeah, but see, I, yeah, I know, but to your point though, and, and I, we, we could get out of here after this one, you know, I, I was always a proponent of guys celebrating. Everybody's like, well, act sure. like you've been there. And I get it. Like, I, you know, I appreciate Barry Sanders. Mm -hmm. Calvin Johnson doesn't celebrate, you know. But the one thing I've always appreciated is you guys got to understand, for people at home listening watching, for a guy to have planned a celebration, literally practiced this in his living room, in the front of the mirror, and then go out there and score and then do the celebration means that he knew that he was going to get open and score a touchdown against other professionals, elite athletes who get paid to stop him, but he still got an end zone. So the mindset of a guy yes. celebrating, just look at it deeper than, mm -hmm. you know, an individual doing a dance and, and praising himself. Look at it like I actually believed in myself to plan this out. And I'm in the end zone now. I know exactly what you mean. I marvel always at how did you think to do that in that moment? There are 75,000 people cheering, and you, yeah. this is the game and everything else. How do you? How are you lucid enough to real to remember? Oh yeah, I have to do this right. sort of thing. That's exactly right. Yeah. That yeah, because you knew you were going to wind up there, yep. and so you were prepared yep. for it. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. See. You're better than I am. What do you want? Ah. To? But accept it singing because I had the courage to sing, and Nate, you chose. Well, next not time. To. Next time. All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right. There he is, everybody. Like I say, the great Nate Burleson. Have a happy holidays, pal. You too, buddy. And, uh, you know, like I say, MVP, maybe, certainly rookie of the year here at NFL Media. Awesome. You'll listen to Dave Ah, good and insightful stuff from Nate. And let's get on that black tie. Next time, let's – for 2015, that should be our New Year's resolution. We need snacks in here for our guests. He's right. That was embarrassing to me, but more importantly, it was really embarrassing to you as the producer of this I show. I do have drinks. You should produce drinks and – you should – beverages and snack items well, snacks, to our guests. Get stuff messy. You know you're a shack, you know. I, well, so what? I, I eat how I eat. Food's one of my passions. You know, and eating on the podcast is not the best. I don't listeners. care about – no, people like it when we eat – when we do the pie off. In fact, somebody suggested recently that we do a chili off in the summer. I'd be down that's, for that too. That's just too much. We should do one every season, each of the four seasons. What's, what's seasonal fare for springtime? Just real quick, though, speaking Maybe of, like a nice salad. Speaking of food. We could have a salad off. Maybe. A speaking Cobb of food, salad. though, yes. quick shout-out to our main man, O.D. Booyah, who was part of your, you know, the ODB skit. Right. We created an ODB catch. Great guy. You know, like I know, he gave us – he showed up yesterday, gave us both Christmas cards. Very nice man, yeah. Really enjoy him. One of the him. best and guys around here. Yeah, he really is a uh, super nice yep. guy. We're lucky to work with a lot of nice people around here. All right, speaking of nice, though. We don't own them all here on the West Coast. No, all the way in our nation's capital, there's a guy who's been quite dominant uh, chasing around the quarterbacks there, 13 and a half sacks. Let's get to him. Ryan Kerrigan. Dave. De -da 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 -dun -dun. Dave. Well, now this is fun. We have some sack master royalty among us here because Ryan Kerrigan of Washington with 13 and a half sacks. On the season, going into the season finale this weekend. Here he is, everybody, and happy holidays. Ryan Kerrigan, how are you, man? 
I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Certainly, certainly. I mentioned the 13 and a half sacks you have, a, an impressive season by just about any measure. Lay it on me. Who's the toughest to sack out there? Russell Wilson is as, is as elusive as it gets. Then again, there's Tony Romo, Roethlisberger so sturdy, Kaepernick gets away. You've played them all. Who's the toughest? I mean, since he made me miss on national TV, I think I got to go with Russell Wilson. I mean, we, uh, he's, he's, I mean that, that dude's about as elusive as it gets, and that's saying a lot with some of the quarterbacks we have in the National Football League. Yeah, I, I recently announced that Roethlisberger, after a 10-year reign, had relinquished the crown to Russell Wilson. He seems positively mind-bending for you defenders. He must really frustrate you, huh? Oh, absolutely, because, you know, you, you think you did the hard part in beating the offensive mm. tackle, but then, you know, you got an even harder task to do when you're facing him, and that's getting him on the ground, and he's, he's a tough catch for sure. All right, RG3, speaking of elusive QBs, RG3, go. Ryan Kerrigan, talk about him. Played outstanding this past weekend. Uh, you know, a couple big plays to Deshaun, and, you know, just good clock management, and that's uh, how we were able to win the game. He, he played an outstanding game. Um, what should D.C. football fans be looking forward to in 2015? You know, that's, that's what we're trying to do right now is give them something to look forward to to 2015 because, you know, honestly, throughout the season, we haven't, you haven't, done, we haven't done, very, done very well. And, uh, you know, hopefully at these last two games, you know, with the win against Philadelphia and then hopefully with the win against Dallas, we can give our fans something to look forward to in, uh, for next season. Well, of course, you and Colt McCoy and the rest of the gang go down to Big D and pull one of the big upsets of the season. You knock off the Eagles, like you mentioned, last Saturday. Now you get Big D again. What's the mindset for uh, a guy playing against those arch rivals, as, especially now the Cowboys, with that playoff spot locked up? Are you rooting for them now to represent the division, or are you hoping they go out real fast because they're, the, they're the, your bitter enemy? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a conundrum you're in when, because, you know, you, you, want, you want the teams that you play to do well, but at the same time, you don't really want your division rivals to do well, and your fans certainly don't want to hear that you uh, want them to do well. So it's kind of, I just don't really, don't really, try not to really care either way how they do in the playoffs. Look at that conundrum from a Purdue <laughs> University graduate. Impressive stuff there. Let's <laughs> that was putting the figurative, uh, the four yeah. eyes up there. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> well done. So you were the 2010 Defensive Player of the Year in the Big Ten. Let's then extend that uh, this conversation into college. Are you? Do you anticipate the Buckeyes doing well against Bama? You give them any shot? You keep your eye on Big Ten football? Oh, absolutely. And I think you got to give them a chance after the way they played in the Big Ten title game. I mean, to put it on Wisconsin like that, it's mm -hmm. pretty impressive. I mean, with their third string quarterback at that. So I mean, I think. Uh, you know, you definitely, definitely have to keep your eye out for Ohio State during, uh, during the playoff. Does it make you feel sad to know that your PU Boilers don't have the Oaken Bucket and my Indiana University Hoosiers do have the Oaken Bucket? Oh, that's, that's probably the, one of the hardest thing about, things about these past couple of years is the Bucket's unfortunately been in Bloomington mm. and not West Lafayette, but hopefully next year we can get it back to where it belongs. No, no, I'm sorry. We're going to keep it for, <laughs> I think, it probably about a decade at least is, is my prediction there. Oh, man, I, I sure hope you're wrong. <laughs> Kerrigan, last week we had Torrey Smith. I happen to be a Steelers fan. We had Torrey Smith on, and to try and create some holiday spirit, we put aside our differences, and he and I did a Christmas time duet. I think you and I should do the same right now to try and 
you know, mend any fences that may have been broken by the Hoosiers and Boilermakers rivalry here. Let's do Christmas Carol. Let's do Silver Bells. How about that? Ready? One. My <laughs> Are you ready here? Silver Bells? You know, this. you know the tune. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Silver Bells. Silver Bells. Silver, Silver Bells. It's Hoosier time in the city. I see what you're doing, Kerrigan. <laughs> I'm on to you, fella. Ring a hey, I knew a, I knew a couple of words, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well done, Ryan Kerrigan, and well done on a great 2014 season. Um, and, uh, you know, like I say, I guess even good luck to the Boilermakers in 2015. You seem like a nice enough fella, so I'll say that. But have a happy holidays and good luck in the last game of the season here, and we'll look forward to brighter days in 2015 for you and the team. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care, pal. Lovely man. I don't like it, though. This is the same thing as the Ravens. Why is a Boilermaker a nice guy? That confuses me. I don't want that. I want him to be rude and, and unpleasant to deal with, surly even. Oh, well. I once again, though, at least I can't. I carried the singing end of the duet. I mean, it's it's clear. Dave Why am I the best singer that uh, that ever comes into Studio Sixty Six? That's the real question. I don't know. I think Kerrigan had you on that one. He can well, hold a tone pretty well. Maybe, but you know what? I think those people, because I found on my TV recently, against my will, the show The Voice. Are you familiar with this show? I am. I make it a point not to watch though i don't understand the premise of it exactly what goes on there but I, like what's the incentive what do they get what do the the four music stars get out of it what do they know, it's why do they care so much who cares like what happens i don't feel like that's not a good sign for your career like look Usher, i know usher was i think on the voice or something recently but it is like, I, yeah. I agree i would agree with you except what's his name from maroon five isn't he the biggest star one of the biggest stars in music now yeah maybe I don't know, but I don't understand why they do all that, uh, you know, all that. Co but they would, I'm sure they would say, yes, the voice is sound, but where's your passion? You know, mm. I don't feel that Ryan Kerrigan had my, could match my passion for uh, for singing the song. Either way, he was a delightful man. I want you to bring him back, Black Tie. Let's He's see. He's great. We'd we'll love to have him back. On I the like show. him for a Fun more guy. extended conversation. All right, that's it for this week. We'll be back after week 17 in front of the wild card round to break down those games for you. Can't wait for that stuff, but make sure you enjoy the last regular season week of 2014. It went so fast. And enjoy the time with your family and friends and everybody else. Hope it's a good one for you. Happy holidays. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. 
Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.